It's Wednesday. It's time for the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I am Pam Benjamin. I am joined and joined by the lovely, the fantastically witty and intelligent Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Win. Good afternoon, y'all. On time, looking great. I'm on time. Wearing the clothes. The wearing clothes. Lo- for later. Loving it. Loving it. Thank you. I like your new kicks. Oh, they're not they're not actually too new. I've just been tying them differently. Do, well, they look brand new because they're so super clean. They're fresh and clean, That's actually. Because they're black. They're easy. To, they always look good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like you. Yeah. They're black and they always look good. Um, so the AltaCast today, uh, we're going to we're gonna get a call from old Dumbface. Old Dumbface. Who's in Missouri right now. Um, misery. Misery. Com- commuting with really... I mean, okay, so they're not, let's, they are racist. We've got the Ferguson issue, so we know that uh, the Missouri people are, are uh, racist. We already know that. But now we know that they're, homophobic. what do you call it? Homophobic. Yeah. They're homophobic, too. They're genderists. It's so sad, like, misery, the show me of bullshit. You show me bullshit. Show yeah. me, yeah. Our, our, yeah, that's our state, our, our state motto is show me state. Show it's me. like you're, you're, we're showing them all right. Uh. The sad thing is, like, growing up, Missouri was a blue state. It was a Democratic um, state for a long, long time, and we were very important when it came to elections and primaries, but we've just fallen off that map since the 2000s, and we've just, like... But you're the moral majority, Missouri. Come on. Yeah, it's that's the sad thing because you have um, the the two largest cities are Kansas City and St. Louis. Oh, I also learned uh, that Monsanto is um, in, in, is in St. St. Louis. Louis. That's the headquarters. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, yeah. whoa. We are the headquarters of evil. And isn't the <laughs> there's irony there that this is this is being done out of religious freedom? Just to give you guys the background, if you haven't heard about it, the Missouri Senate today passed the law saying that it is legal uh, to discriminate against. Uh, same-sex couples for example religious freedom if you own a bakery and they go to you and they say we would like you to make us a cake for our wedding now someone can say no i don't do i don't do cakes for fags yeah i mean they're just basically saying that you can say that right um or it's but it's just you're setting up a precedence for discrimination well, they're using the religious freedom thing, that the same thing, the kind of bill that they pushed in Indiana um, a year and a half ago. Um, they're use, they're, they're, that's basically their hidden agenda, like, no, it's against my religion. And it's just like, because no. they're somehow morally better or something. Uh, and, then, and then that ties into um, the other thing that I want to get into today, which is uh, the Republicans not letting Barack Obama uh, choose a, choose a Supreme, Supreme Court. Court justice yeah because well it's not he's not going to be conservative enough you're gonna let trump <laughs> you're gonna let him choose for i mean i hope that he's pro-choice i i'm i am so scared and it is such a tenuous balance this whole abortion issue this could flip it i know the roe v wade we say it's all okay but everything can change look uh, the Germans used to be Nazis, and now they're like really awesome people or whatever. <laughs> the Germans, that is, right? not the Nazis. No, Nazis are terrible, but like she, a, the evolution of time and people and progress and culture and, and what's happening yeah. and what's happening to the culture of, of America and what we're doing politically is insane to me right now. It's it's really sad that we were talking about four years ago how Mitt Romney is like the devil and he's this wealthy evil man. 
But unfortunately, Mitt Romney has nothing on Donald Trump or no. Ted Cruz. Or the any- only thing that made Mitt Romney evil is he didn't pay his taxes for 10 years. But I actually don't have a problem with that, unless you're a rich person. If you're poor, you shouldn't have to pay taxes. If you're rich, you should pay a lot of taxes. You have the money to. Right. And and that's another moral thing. That's the thing that gets me crazy, right? This is all about morality and abortions. It's and, about money. And it is about money because Monsanto is in the same, and I think they are the most morally bankrupt corporation in the universe. They are modifying our food. Uh-oh. Up. Old oh, uh-oh, that might be old dumb face at Monsanto right now. False alarm, people. It's not old dumb face. <laughs> We're waiting for a call from old Dumbface. That was uh, that was sweet Gail. She doesn't get airtime today because we're waiting for Steve Pudgy. Yeah, he's at Trump headquarters right now in St. Louis. <laughs> is, is Trump from St. Louis? No, he's not. Okay, I'm just thank saying. God. I'm just saying, like by the look of things, are in that state and in so, a lot of places in Missouri. I'm I'm sure there is a Trump headquarters. Yeah. I know there is. I mean, come on. I mean, you've got you have. Like I said, Kansas City and St. Louis is the two metropolitan largest cities. And then where I'm from, Springfield, which is the third largest. But then you have all the little picks and small towns. Like Ferguson. Like, well, that's a, that's actually a suburb. suburb of, yeah. Okay. For example, I, Ozark, Missouri. Uh, that's the Ozarks. So you have all these little hillbilly towns, you know, that make up the majority of Missouri, misery. And, and we love Jesus and we love fucking our sisters. And, exa- and fucking our sisters and drinking and smoking and meth. Drinking, we, smoking meth like a Good Christian American. Exactly. Voting for Trump, smoking my math. Exactly. That's why they're going to vote for him, right? Because they're cold. No, I don't think. I don't know if those people are voting, but they will. I'm sure they will vote for him. They're out of their mind. The, That's the thing. The the ultimate crux, I think, which is crazy, is that so many people are making decisions based off this morality, the right thing to do, Christians and stuff. But at the same time, there are so many abhorrent things going on, like. Working for Monsanto, genetically, how do how would we not see that as an abomination against God? It's manipulating the structure of plants, and then it's also for the, money. For money, that that's the thing. That's the the more that we can overproduce things and inject things to make things bigger for cheaper. Yeah, we're gonna get rich, Corn. and you guys are gonna die trying. And <laughs> the seed thing. I mean, I watched that thing on Monsanto, like. Farmers, they're messing with them. You've got to use the Monsanto seeds and you can't have your own seeds, which is insane because it's like trying to own nature. Right. And but, and how but that's the thing, how how are the Christians not saying, Holy fuck, Monsanto is evil? It's because uh, let me tell you something about like St. Louis especially. It was like a it's a Monsanto town, it, it's a GM town, it's a um we used to have uh, TWA uh, airlines gone now. Boeing. We used to have all these jobs, and so they used to provide a middle class. Everything is gone that I said, with the exception of one GM plant in Monsanto. So the the fact of the matter is, people are just looking at these places. They're not looking at the big picture of what evil they're doing. Like that, they're looking at the fact that can I keep a roof over my head and a steady paycheck? Can I paycheck? feed my children? Yeah. Because that is that is actually you know what helped some of right. you know and. Unfortunately, you have to deal with evil in order to pay your bills sometimes. It sucks, but that's the American way. It, it just seems like this is all too easy of a conspiracy theory, you know, to have. Yeah. That, But I think they... 
kill the poor. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, what, we're going to have a new... I don't under... I'm so confused with the world because... It's confusing because... How much money people make and how much you actually need to live and all this stuff, even coming here on the bus today, I'm looking at the bus shelter ads and it's like all those new task rabbit ones where it's like heavy lifting and there's a picture of a smiling baby and then it says underneath like, we do the chores so you don't have to and it's... People are so busy with their jobs that they can't hang out with their kids so they make enough money that they can pay someone else to do... to live their life so that they can live their life. Can, what? There's a. It's an entire economy in this city right now. Basically, they're taking the poor people and they're saying, "You're servants for the rich." Remember slavery? There it is again. Yeah, we want someone to, to cater right, to us. We're right back to indentured servitude. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. And the thing is, you know, I don't think the majority of America, like especially in the heartland and you know, and parts of the South, don't realize that you're being taken advantage of. You know, you are, but they, they still are looking for some kind of salvation or some savior to save them from that. When you actually could be be your own savior by paying attention and seeing the bad of what's going on in all this, especially in, and don't use the Bible as a tool, uh, by the way. That's another thing. Well, and I say, I'd like to start using the Bible as a tool. Check this out. In the book of Acts. Um, there's this amazing thing that happens uh, called socialism and <laughs> Jesus leaves Jesus uh, ascends into heaven yay Jesus up in heaven and he waves down at everybody and he's like okay here's my Holy Spirit and they all get little fires over their heads and they're like oh yay Jesus okay so all those apostles move on and they create churches and whatever and they say to the people everyone has to give all of their money to the church and then the church will take care of everyone, everyone but you have to give all of your money. And oh, this might be old dumb face, hold on. Oh, let's see. Old dumb face. There he is. Oh, we got there him. Are you at Trump headquarters? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, no. hey, to introduce to everybody right now uh, on the air, we've got old dumb face Steve Poggi out in St. Yep. Louis, Missouri, which we've been talking about for the past 10 minutes. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, the nice thing about St. Louis is it never changes. <laughs> oh no! What's it like being back, yo? Uh, it's it's truly weird. There's not a lot of uh, human shit and needles on the ground. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Uh, but no, it is weird because you know out here, uh, the the houses are huge. Like my mom has like a. A three-story house, basically, if Whoa. you include the basement, and it's on like a half acre of land, and nobody here has fences or anything, so you can just walk through people's yards, and it's it's just no big deal. Roam in the grass. I... Yeah, but in San Francisco, they'd shoot you, they fucking beat you up unless you were homeless, and they'd sing you songs and give you money. <laughs> well, see, but I think that th this is a good example of what we were just talking about. People, we have too much, and everyone keeps wanting more and more and more but I live you've been Steve Poggi has slept on the Benjamin bungalow many times and it's like mm -hmm. a 400 square foot apartment but I feel like it's just the right size why would I need a, a three-story house you know so trying yeah. to live within your but, means I mean, if you have kids it's different I think that's where oh. it's like it kind of comes right. into play if you have kids then you want a quiet school system. You want a Absolutely, big yard for yeah. them to run around, and you don't want your kids walking down Leavenworth. Oh hell oh, no! You don't. That that makes yeah. I no. I totally I totally agree with that. 
you know, because it's kind of, I think you can balance the two worlds of like, you know, being able to have that nice big yard and, and the three story house, but you also got to drop your kids off in the city sometimes mm. and let them run around well, but you in have somebody's alley. It's about settling somehow. It's like no more fun. Now you have to have kids. Oh, I guess that's what happens when you have kids. Uh, so Steve, you're out there doing, you, have you been doing comedy or is it just tonight's the first night? Uh, yeah, I did. I went to the open mic last night. And how did, how, how'd you feel? Uh, it's, it's weird because, you know, at this particular club, like, uh, I, I worked there for like two or three years as a door guy, box office, and I ran like the open mic meeting and everything. And, uh, last night we had 20 comics with, uh, four write-ins. And I only knew maybe five people there. Like, everyone else was completely new to me. Oh, wow. Were they funny? So it, it, It's weird, because you see, like, guys like that you started comedy with, and you're like, man, this guy's phenomenal. He's going to go places. But then, you know, life happens. One buddy of mine who I thought at the time was, like, the top-level comic in this part of the country, let alone the city, uh, he ended up uh, marrying another... Uh, comic. They had a baby together, and then his mom died, and it just like mentally broke him. And now he, he doesn't do comedy anymore. You never see him. You never hear wow. of him. Yikes. And so it's it's really weird that like these like life events kind of thing can completely remove you from you know this thing that you're so dedicated to right now. I, I can't even I can't even think about it. No, I say another comic down. Great, more stage time for me. Uh, <laughs> hey, Steve, yeah. I have a question about St. Louis. Um, sure. Have you? We heard today in the news that um, your terrible people uh, voted <laughs> to discriminate against gay people. What do you think about that? Oh yeah. Do you have any I, co- I mean, comments from? Like, I'm oh. not surprised by it. That's a show me state. Yeah, because I mean, I, you know, I actually I was thinking about this a lot lately. Like, there's something like when you're a kid, you have like in your mind's eye what life will be like when you get older, right? Mm -hmm. But because of technology, they can make an app or they can make a new device, and all of a sudden, like, everything is different now. Everything gets radically different. You can pay for stuff on your cell phone. You know, you can do all this stuff. So it's like the world that you end up growing into uh, is not going to be the one when you were younger. Mm. And I think that causes people now, especially now, to really get crazy and to really cling uh, to their religion. Like, they, they need a leader, they need a shepherd, and they don't want things to <laughs> a change. A dictator. Yeah, so it's like, I can totally see it, but at the same time, it's like, like I was talking to a, a, a family member last night, because in Star Wars, they have, uh, there's going to be a lot, well, not a lot, but there's going to be gay characters right. uh, that come out in the film. And the book's, uh, one of the main characters already has two moms, and then another uh, character re- remarks that he's into uh, men, he's not into women. And so, like, that's kind of, like, one of the things they want to do with diversity is make uh, some gay characters for, uh, you know, gay people to kind of latch on to and be like, oh, that's my guy. And my <laughs> family member was absolutely livid that they were tainting Star Wars. And I was like, dude, they're not going to show, like, you know, Chewbacca butt fucking a storm. <laughs> it's not gonna be like that. Like rim jobs. So you can't you can't give a rim yeah. job to a to a Wookie. It's just too much. There's just too much hair. Han Solo. Uh, How do you tossing a salad to uh, Jabba the Hutt? 
Well, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that Jabba actually has a... I don't no, know where he would defecate from. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's dead. <laughs> no, Jabba the died a long time ago yeah. in the in the thing in Return of the Jedi. Abba Zabba dead. Yeah, and well, the other thing about it is like not just uh, with gay people, but in regular relationships, since it's a lower population and everything is spread out so far, you get people doing some crazy shit. Once they're in the relationships, terrified they're not going to be able to find anybody else. Oh. You know, I mean, in San Francisco, you can look out the street and see 400 people walking around, and you're like, all right, well, fuck this person. I'll find somebody better. But wow. out here, it's like, you, you know, you grab your high school sweetheart, and then you get her pregnant and married before, you know, your graduation ceremony. Wow. Well, and it's because of what's been taught to you that you're supposed to envision as the perfect life for yourself. And we get trapped into these patterns where it's like, well, yeah, this is how it's supposed whenever, to be. Whatever city you're in, you think that's how everyone lives everywhere, unless you're an experienced traveler. Except for now with the internets and the looking at the phones, you can see anywhere, anything. It's like, let's periscope Tokyo or some shit. I don't know. But it's all yeah. available. And th I was thinking about this yesterday. You know the Venmo thing? No. Venmo is this online thing where you can pay your friends money and you can switch money back and forth. Like, if someone pays for the tab, you can give them money. Oh, I'm like, gosh. that's going to make prostitution so much easier. <laughs> if you can just... Because it's like, there people are sending money to each other and it's not being traced or whatever. That's the best... It's like a new cash. That's pretty dope. You know, so... It's. I think it's really going to be a boon for prostitution, right? <laughs> well, yeah. see, I bet you for the first couple of years it will, but then they'll catch on to it, and then they'll pull all the records, and then they'll tax you on that money that you're giving to somebody. Getting taxed on oh, some no. ass. Well, and the thing is, they tax you on both ends. Um, anyways, I I hate I hate our country. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's a country. I think it's just our people. It's like whatever cool thing pops up, the immediate reaction is to get in there and just totally destroyed like i mean if you look at pornography right. you know pornography used to have little storylines and you had to kind of <laughs> be an actor and then the internet came out and then you could just get porn whenever you want to do and it was amazing but now that that's become the standard now you get all these videos of you know chicks licking dudes buttholes and <laughs> spitting in mouth and stepping on faces you're like jesus <laughs> this is not entertaining i'm so glad i don't right i want to go back to the you know did you order a pizza days the, the vhs of... porn the collection yeah, that with, i have everyone had funny hair everyone had a really good time when you watch these videos everyone's happy everyone's yeah. into it now you get guys just you know pulling open chicks buttholes and spitting at them and you're like jesus what is as a, as what a, are we coming to yeah as, <laughs> uh, literally um, as a porn watcher, I do kind of like some of it, like I've had, if I'm just like, this is just too much. Like I, I totally dig the storyline because some of the old porn kind of had a comic feel to it. Sure. You know, yeah. you know, it was kind of like innocent, like, oh, you know, Forrest Hump, ha 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 funny. But now it's just like shoving, like you're talking about just shoving things. In. And the girls don't look happy. They don't look, yeah. they just no. look like they're very, they look they're crying. Yeah. They're they crying. look like. Like, my parents are going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> or some of them are crying. They're just like, please stop. I'm just like, oh, is this but that, and a that tear? turns somebody on, that's also scary to me. And and we'll get back to the religion thing. I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's all these, like, how did rose married guys <laughs> are fucking watching the most disturbing. They're like, I like to watch 18-year-old girls cry when guys come in their faces. And they also love the Lord. And they too. also love the Lord, right? <laughs> I thought that... 
Most of those Here's the thing that doesn't make kinky. sense with that is that in the Bible, Jesus says that you, um, if you think it, it's true. So that, and it's, it's actually like, it used to make me crazy with my ex-husbands and, um, Anyways, if you think something, it's true. So if you think about sleeping with someone else, it's just the same as sleeping with them. So you might as well sleep with them. Like that's like the that's like the Jesus way the to Jesus think about it, right? Yeah. Because if you've already yeah. committed the crime, you might as well commit the crime, right? Because it's Somewhere. like God's in your head all the time or something. So that totally negates porn. So there's and and the other thing from the Bible that is the same thing that makes me crazy is the socialism thing from Acts and he said the Bible said put all your money together and then they did and then these two people didn't put their money together and they lied about it and then God struck them down but really people just killed them duh (laughs) come on anyways all these things in the Bible that I don't understand what the moralistic right how they're interpreting it is is it that we've taken critical thought away from them and they're so fucking stupid yeah. that they can't see the bible as an allegory and so now they're like well fuck the gays now cuz I'm a christian I don't have to make those faggots a cake like <laughs> it's it, it's I mean it doesn't make sense to me because most of it is for those who are very religious what they're doing it's blasphemous and if you want to be a real religious motherfucker then know what blasphemy is because you're actually doing it and in the bible most people who are blasphemous usually go to hell right but gays are an abomination yeah you know it just isn't i don't think i think people are interpreting it their own way and you know, I could have swore in the Ten Commandments that there was a little thing that said, "Do unto others as you would be done unto thyself." Or- no, no, no. That was that was Jesus. Um, the, the that was that was Most, New, New Testament stuff. New te- oh, yeah. oh, sorry, brand new. No, no, stuff. it's all it's all good. But so, Steve, how are you going to make these assholes laugh? That's my question. <laughs> these moralistic. Uh, well, it's, it's it's weird. It's uh, like. One of the things I noticed about open mic night is like, you know how, uh, like in San Francisco, we have like those weird people that sign up to do comedy, but they're trying to do like a political movement. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like we have those out here, but in San Francisco, it could be all over. It's whether, you know, people could be fighting for rights or, you know, women's rights or whatever. Out here, the comics are like becoming biblical scholars are you serious yeah like there were so many people that were like you know corinthians page three subject four line four in the bible it says and it's like but even when all this stuff is getting pointed out to these people they uh it's not it's more about a club (laughs) than it is necessarily being religious or following the rules you have this club and this club tells you that as long as you follow these rules, we're going to give you everything you ever want. If you have any problems, just go ahead and whisper to yourself. Uh, and, you know, then someone will hear it and they'll take care of it. So it's like, well, I don't want to say primitive. Sounds primitive. But they're just, they're not aware of other things. Like, there's no sense of life out here. It's well, like, you, I'm get trying to figure school, out, you go to the military or the factory. I'm trying to figure out where the punchline is in that joke. Of Corinthians. Well, it, oh, it just, that's the thing. These people, they don't have punchlines. They just want to get up there and try to Dr. King everybody. I, I have I have one that's like that. Leviticus 20.12 is one of my reads. If you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. And I actually love to be stoned. So, uh, ha ha. Yeah, no, it's but um, and the church, it's like a country club because you actually have to tithe to be a part of it, you know? 
you're supposed to give 10% or whatever to the church so that you can like belong and all they give you is like shitty coffee and styrofoam cups and maybe a donut <laughs> once a month like that's what and, and a stale and the, ass donut and the teachings of Jesus and and whatever you whatever you 12 mansions in heaven and, oh that's and then you get. if you do these things you will go on to hell yeah and i don't understand the whole okay yeah missouri is scaring me i mean but the thing is it sometimes depends what part of misery you're going to like i know definitely in the st louis area like like where do you do you do comedy like okay for example steve you're familiar with u city yeah which is a little bit more diverse or like going onto the south side of st louis where you know it is diverse and a little bit a little bit reminds you of like a really thriving you know, balance, diversity, part of the city. But then once you get into the counties, it's a whole ballpark, you know, because everyone well, in the counties, is, to me, are in their bubble. That's the thing. Everybody is in their own bubble. And, like, the progressive uh, or liberal people that they have out here, would like, they're still embarrassing. Like, they're not, <laughs> it's not really equality or diverse or understanding. It's like, like, you know... Uh, gay people should have rights to some sort of union, but a marriage is between a man and a woman. So, I mean, we could give them, like, a partnership or, like, a, a civil liability. And it's like, well, no, you just... There's something about human beings to where, no matter who you are as a human being, you have to have another group of human beings that you hate. Oh, okay? I don't believe and even that. Even in the case that Pam would say, oh, I don't hate any human beings. Yeah, until someone rides by on an electric skateboard. <laughs> and then those evil claws come screeching out and you're yelling that their family should be burned. <laughs> Fair enough. Or you could kick so them the off the... You know, St. Louis, you, you got to hate somebody, whether it's Cubs fans or the Rams for leaving you. Or <laughs> My buddy had... So much Rams memorabilia between jerseys and statues and bobbleheads. And he was so butthurt when they left, he just took everything to Goodwill. Oh, nice. No. Nice. That's yeah. hysterical. That's a good fuck you. Well, it was just plastic. Yeah, but like out here, that Polyester. was like the big thing that happened. Oh, I know. I know everyone was butthurt because it was when they first arrived like in 95, everyone was so excited and it kind of helped. We're a real break. city. Yeah, exactly. And now. The fact that out, you know, there's no football team anymore, and it's it, you know, it just brings the city down again. With you know, of course, of everything else that's going on in St. Louis, <laughs> you know, Dude, I, it's I a Debbie what, Downer. If you're, if you're in the St. Louis area and you're watching the news, because you know, I mean, the news always has to have like the graphic, bloody, you know, <laughs> crazy shit to draw you in. So it'll oh. be like. Yep. You know, oh, Gretchen saved a barrel of puppies. And then they'll show some old white lady and she's got all these puppies. Like, the dogs were just floating around and I grabbed them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, if you want to adopt one of those puppies. And then they'll be like, uh, and then there was, a, there was a shooting on the eastern block of, you know, Daffodil Street. And uh, <laughs> the suspect's been apprehended. And then they just show, like, the craziest-looking black person mugshot you could ever fucking imagine. Like, it's almost like they had a makeup team waiting. Like, all right, can we get his eyes a little bloodshot? And, uh, you know, let's get some gold teeth in there. Let's do something to kind of... That's one thing so about St. Louis I don't miss, gold teeth. Ugh. No, and you you see the... But it's, it's, a, it's... I would say it's a certain kind of brainwashing to where... Every night, you have to watch the news because you have to figure out what the weather's going to be because the weather can get crazy on you out here. So you're locked into watching the news, and all you subconsciously see are these uh, 
you know, these crazy-ass black people that they just keep postering everywhere. So I can see why people would be like, oh, yeah, well, if, if black lives matter, why don't you just stop killing other black people then? <laughs> why don't you get the weather a smartphone? You don't have to watch the news, You don't have Steve. to watch the news anymore. No. You can just look it up on your phone. <laughs> but, no, but see, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not running off of my own personal No, problems. I know, I know. But they, right. So I observe it. Right. And there's already a demographic of people that still that are older that do watch the news and that's this is already engraved into their brain so they're already programmed so steve how yeah, are you gonna they're, they're clean the old stuff that we used to watch so they're watching you know the news and fox and all this <laughs> stuff because it's all stuff that they're familiar with yeah how are you going to make these ninja turtles came out and they were doing their own political talk show saying that they hate gay people i might be like yeah fuck the gay people and the fuck plan <laughs> Because of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, how are you going to make these assholes laugh? Uh, it's a good question. I, I did some stuff uh, last night, newer stuff. And uh, it's kind of disappointing because, like, the material's there, but it's definitely not polished up and, like, in the tight form that I'm used to operating in a professional capacity. So I've been sitting down and hitting the books hard, trying to write all this shit out. But uh, I don't know. It, it's it's really weird. Out here in St. Louis, if you talk about being from somewhere else or anything like that, people automatically take it as, like, that place is better. Well, we got the Cardinals. Fuck the Giants. <laughs> we got the Arches. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, what kind of idiot likes baseball? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you play baseball. 168 games. Like, that's not that's that's not feasible. Like. Right, to watch. Even if somebody offered me 168 blowjobs in one year, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just stick with 60. How about that? Uh, how's the not smoking thing going? Oh, you're not doing uh, it until you come back. I'm still smoking out here. I'm waiting until I get back. This That'd be silly because this is like, it's not stressful, but there's a lot of pressure kind of going on right now. Well, and if, yeah. if, if, um, so. So people know that Steve is headlining tonight in St. Louis, and it's pretty exciting. We're all yeah. super stoked. And But you're going to have a bunch of people there that are going to be there to support, too. You have family, and they'll laugh at your jokes no matter what, right? I mean, because I just don't know well, about these assholes in Missouri. Because you can't just, like, I mean, do you riff with them? Do you, I mean, I wouldn't even, I, all I'd be able to talk about is, I'm, I'm sure that it, they would not be on my side. I think you could riff with them and make them angry. I think that would be funny. But how? No, well, the the problem is that uh, you know, out here, um, it's it's a different kind of uh, audience. So that way, it's like if you upset them, or if you make them feel uncomfortable or gross them out, they're done with you. They're not going to listen to anything else you have to say. You're a charlatan. <laughs> they're just going to wait for the next comic. But you know, I since I kind of started out here. Uh, people only remember me from, like, the first time I started. So it's like, you know, even though I got this headlining uh, week and I had it set up for a while, not week, but show, and then I'll uh, middle the rest of it, like, this thing didn't get online for tickets to be able to purchase till about uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. Oh. So, so it's like there's some stuff like that that, in my opinion, maybe I'm just being paranoid, but... I, I don't I don't get the treatment that someone like an out of towner would get because right. they kind of know me. Well, they and threw you under the bus if they put the tickets out yesterday. Like pre-sales, wow. you yeah. got to put at least a week out in advance, and then yeah. you need your PR, you know, at least two minimum two weeks ahead of that. 
I mean. Yeah, well, then when you buy the tickets online, they're like a dollar online. Oh, uh, that's a good deal. But then there's like a $2 surcharge per ticket. <laughs> but nice. if they're only a dollar, that's great. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I don't know, it, it's kind of weird out here. Sometimes I, I kind of get like, like, are they fucking with me or do they just not give a shit about what they're doing? <laughs> because when I, because before I left out here, I don't think I ever told you this story, but before I left out here, I didn't have like a big going away party. I didn't have a celebration. Nobody even really knew that I was leaving other than my immediate family. Just ghosted yeah. out. Just ghosted I out of St. Louis. In, yeah, I did a feature week in St. Louis to which at the end of it, the, the, the booker got wasted and fired me <laughs> uh, because I was asking him about money for a show that I never got paid for. And he doesn't want you to ask for money because he wants to provide for you. So that way it's like, oh, you know, this, the generous king gave me this opportunity. <laughs> um, and I was doing a podcast with that guy and a buddy of mine. And then I went to Tunica, Mississippi for a week uh, at the funny bone they had down there. And I came back and I loaded my van up with all my shit and I just left. And so then when I came back to visit and stuff, uh, he was like, I was like, hey, man, I was just wanting to see if I can get like a week or something. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I only book local comics. Whoa. Yeah, so That's that was dirty. kind of the first part of it. And then uh, I went, uh, I was hanging out, having a couple cocktails. And then I went into like the, not the green room area, but the little waitress station. And I was like, hey, man, you want to you wanna do a shot, you know, for old time's sake? And he was all fucked up. And he was like, no, get the fuck out of here. Wow. And I was like, all right, you fucking little bitch. You want to do that shit, huh? So I had all the passwords and logins for everything related to this podcast. Because I started it, and they continued to do it after I left. Because they were into it, and I was fine with it. Well, once that happened, then I locked them out of everything <laughs> and completely took control of this. And they were fucking freaking out and nice. panicking. And then uh, I, I felt super raged up for like about a day, maybe two. <laughs> and then I was just like, what am I going to do with this? Like, what am I going to be mad at these guys? I don't even live there anymore. I don't really <laughs> give a fuck. And so I just kind of let it all go. And then it took a while for them to be like, oh, yeah, Steve's a nice guy. and He does a lot of stuff. And he helped us out with a lot of things. And, and he's really and funny. It's always like, am I, am I getting fucked with or are you guys just not running shit right? Sounds like a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I never, I, well, I won't say never, but because maybe someday yeah, so I'll it's do like comedy out there. There's a lot of fucking history there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, but so are they the ones that hooked you up with this show? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, well, when I came out last time, uh, I don't think I even did any comedy. I just worked a couple of old door shifts <laughs> just because I was like, yeah, you know, let's, let's do the old job that we used to do. And so I, I kind of did that. And then, uh, I didn't get paid when I thought, I thought I was getting a hundred bucks a night and I ended up getting like seven fifty an hour. What? Yeah. Jesus so Christ. it was like, I got like a hundred bucks for both days. And I was like, yeah, we're never doing this again. Whoa. Oh my God. Scandalous. 50 an oh. hour? That's criminal. Is that is that minimum wage in in Missouri? No, the, the door guy shifts out here. They pay you 750 an hour, and you'll never get a raise. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Do you get to drink but for then, free? But then, like, they give you, like, 
spots and different things, unless you're like me to where you're such a good door guy. They're like, we, we can't run the show if you don't do this. <laughs> Jeez. So. Way to excel, Steve. <laughs> so how I, much- I'm telling you, man. But, you know, at the same time, it's like I got a lot of opportunities and a lot of breaks because I worked there, and they helped me out a lot. And now that everything got so goofy, it was just like, oh, well, like you, you learn in comedy, like, if one place doesn't like you or they don't want to use you, who gives a fuck, man? There's plenty of other places to hit up and to try to get into. Very true. How much time are you doing tonight? Uh, I think I'm doing 50. Wow. Oh, you're doing a special. A Steve Poggi yeah. Dumbface wow. special, yo. A dumb, old Dumbface so. special. And are you... Are you going to riff around with them, or are you going to strictly do your new material and, like, what's, um, your, what's your game plan? I, I, at this point, I don't really know. Like, I like to have, like, a set list of all the stuff that I want to say and in a way that it all flows and everything segues together. But just because I have that doesn't mean I'll do that because you get into kind of this, not trance, but there's this weird flatness to your voice when you're trying to talk and you're trying to remember at the same time. Right. You can't have that emotional conversation. <laughs> and uh, that's really fucking so, deep observation, old dumb yeah. face. And so that's why it's like I feel like, like even doing that open mic thing, I'm trying to remember bits uh, because I don't I don't do a whole lot of writing necessarily. I usually write mostly on stage or hanging out talking with friends. And then uh, I'll hit a point to where I sit down and then I'll flush out like a 30-minute set, 25-minute set. And then I'll, I'll really work to kind of get my words right, right and to get everything phrased away so it's maximum funny. But I haven't really had the time to work that material like this. To make so it maximum funny. I'm hoping that you know, throughout these next seven shows I can get uh, better in shape to uh, go to Little Rock. Nice. Seven shows in St. Louis and then you go to Arkansas? Yeah, well, let's see, I do one today, one tomorrow, two Friday, three Saturday, Jesus. and one wow. Sunday. Whoa. And they, are they all going to be at the Funny Bone? Yeah, they'll all be at the Funny Bone. And are they, are they paying you? They have to pay you. Are they paying you? Say that again? Are they paying you that. money? This do you is, get money? You're getting real money? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, for the, yeah. the okay, feature cool. sets, I'll get 60 a show. And then uh, for the headlining, I think I get 120. Sweet! Yay! That's exciting. Money. And then after that, next week is Little Rock. Yeah, the next week is Little Rock, and I do one Thursday, one Wednesday, which is a reduced time because it's weird. They actually do their open mic up front, so they have 10 open micers, and then they'll put the actual show. So it'll be uh, the host won't do any time when he hosts open mic. He'll go up there and go, "Hey guys, we're going to start the open mic." He'll bring up the 10 open mic comics. Then he'll do his set after the open micers. Mm-hmm. Then they bring the feature up uh, at reduced time, and then they bring the headliner up at reduced time. Uh, and that's Wednesday. And then I do one Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. And then when that, that when does the audience come in? If there's stupid open micers, do they stay for the whole thing? That is a lot of comedy to sit through. <laughs> I mean, 10 open well, micers. No, because and they're then... really strict on their open micers. Oh, Out here, they, they only get four minutes. They can't curse. They can't be dirty. Oh, <gasps> and uh, can you? I mean, out here, you can like, say whatever you want, though, right? Are there rules about what you can say or can't say in your headlining sets? Oh, for me, I'll I'll say whatever I want. He can be dirty like in St. Louis. Don't hire me. Oof. I'm <sighs> not I'm not that hard up to, to fucking, you know, go out to a place. So this is in Little Rock where you have to do basically a PG set. 
for their open micers, yeah. For the open micers, oh, painful. What what is the what would what's the logic behind that? That I I don't understand. Oh, the logic is is that uh, they want to develop comics in house that they can actually use for a professional show, and if all you have is dirty material, uh, they won't use you to MC or to feature. Like, you know, because you just kind of ruin the show if you go up and you're just all gross and dirty in the first couple comics. It's supposed to work, you know, like dirty, dirtier, dirtiest. Oh. So if you just come out raging in the beginning, they're like, yeah, man, you, you can't work here. I see. I get it. Because it's, it's easy to be funny and dirty. Because like it's, it's, it's surprising. It's to make a clean, clean joke dirty than it is to make a dirty joke clean. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Crazy stuff. Uh, good so times. At, at St. Louis, at their open mic, they'll let you say whatever you want, but if you're dirty and filthy, then they'll just kind of laugh at you and be like, oh, yeah, no, we'll book you. Yeah, don't worry. No, we'll get after you. What What is it like? How dirty? What is... I, I don't even... I live in San... I don't know. I have no idea what dirty means anymore. So my a butthole and a deli joke, no could, dice. Oh, yeah, no. Basically, no no have, hemorrhoids. be able to do any of your set. <laughs> <laughs> can I do... Can I do... Can I do my one with Jesus and the protecting my virginity... My, and my butt always hurt from protecting my virginity or that's too Nope, that's, that's out as well. <laughs> I... I'm trying to. What about what about um, my knock knock feminism? If I uh, that you can do, but no one's gonna laugh at you because yeah. women aren't even really supposed to vote out here. I don't exactly. <laughs> I can't. I wouldn't. That's the thing. I can't go on the road because I my. What about my nanny material? Some of my nanny material uh, is okay. Baby, the baby pants. Dick the, pa- stuff the pockets. Out. Baby pants pockets yeah. and nanny core 2.0. Oh no, but I end up that with getting high. Are they allowed to get high in Missouri? Oh, we we get high. No. Meth. Meth, man. No, 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 but marijuana. Marijuana is not legal. <laughs> oh, no, in Missouri. none of that. No, no. Absolutely <gasps> not. No. Marijuana is at the same level as meth is. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It, it's okay. If you can you joke about marijuana or that's not no dice? Yeah. Oh, I do because I don't. I've got a mohawk and I don't give a fuck. Okay, I see. St. Louis is a little bit better than Little Rock. Let's just put it that way. I just I can't imagine. That's why I keep asking Steve, how are you gonna make these assholes laugh? I I, I mean, but the Dave the Wave story takes place in Missouri, right? From back in the day. Yeah, that's that's the thing that gets kind of complicated. Is like because that guy's still I'm around. I'm talking about living in San Francisco and then living in St. Louis, but I'm in St. Louis now, so it's like. That's one of the things I have to watch. When I go to Little Rock, it doesn't matter. Right. But when I'm in San Francisco talking about, you know, being in San Francisco, St. Louis, and the same thing, that gets kind of weird. Can you, can you make fun of them? Are they that kind of crowd? Or you just try to be on their side? I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's different. Like, there's a, level of, uh, there's a level of ball busting you do, but here's the thing. Whenever you, and I think you can see this in seeing me do, not crowd work, but just kind of riffing, you can make fun of somebody and you can bust their balls and everything else like that as long as at some point you make fun of yourself as well. That's the safety net. Gotcha. Yeah, Um, so then it's like, I'm not making fun of you, I'm just making fun of stuff. Right. And everyone gets to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. I think the good thing about, like, being in like the Midwest, it's sometimes easier for us to laugh. Like, like doo-doo and pee-pee jokes still make people laugh out there. Like the la- like Adam Sandler shit still makes people laugh out there. It's because they're because they're grown-up children that like Happy Meals. Like I, what? I I don't know. It's just something about like being in the Midwest. You don't want to overcomplicate things. We're simpler folks. 
you know and and it depends what again the midwest is a big place and so it depends where you are like the same kind of demographic in st louis may not work in comedy wise in chicago where i studied yeah where, you know that's the thing is like every state is kind of consistent and like the, the way i would explain it is like if you think of like how different San Francisco is to how different Sacramento is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you get that on the state level. So Missouri is very different than Illinois, which is very different than Arkansas. But once you're in that state, every there's like a certain level of consistency that's throughout the entire state. How fat are these people? I mean, I'm not I'm not a racist or a homophobe, but I am a sizist, and I hate fat people. <laughs> and I'm wondering how many fat people you've encountered in your past day. How many buffets oh, have you counted? there's a lot. At comedy, like, <laughs> first of all, for whatever reason, if you're a fat guy or an Indian, you got to talk about it on stage. Like, there's no way you can do comedy if you're fat or an Indian and not address it for some reason. Gotcha. Uh, it's 116th Cherokee? Is that what we're talking about? Hey, yeah, or, yeah. yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of, like, like, racist shit that people say that they don't realize is racist. Like... <laughs> Uh, here's a, a good buddy of mine, Andrew Topping, who's a theater major, and uh, he's, he's, he's very flamboyant, but he's not gay, and he told us he's not gay because he had an opportunity to suck a dick, and he just really wasn't into it. Um, but he did a joke last night to where he's like, I was walking with a friend of mine uh, who's of the African-American persuasion, and he, he's the guy says something to him, and he's like, oh, I can't do that. I have a post-traumatic anxiety disorder. And the black dude was like, yeah, man, all you white boys have that shit. And he's like, well, yeah, because we all had our parents in our lives. Oh. And it, yeah, and then he, he said something else to the effect of like, well, a lot of, a lot of black people don't know their fathers or something like that. Oh, and it's God. like... I, I went up to him afterwards, and I'm like, do you realize that what you're saying is fucking racist? Wow. <laughs> and he was like, well, no, because I have my black buddy, and he said it was okay to say. I was like, he probably just didn't want to have to explain to you why that's wrong to say. Wow. That he bubble. was probably like, no, go ahead and say that. I'll just never hang out with you again. <laughs> <laughs> it's that bubble. Yeah, everyone's in their own bubble there. It's really but weird. I want to know about the fat people. There's a ton. Well, toilets are definitely larger out here. Are they really? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're taller and wider, and there's much more water pressure that goes into flushing down these trucker loads. <laughs> do, do they recycle? No. No, not at all. Actually, I, the other night I was like, hey, where's the recycling? They're like, what the fuck did you say? And I was like, okay, you don't recycle. And so no compost either? No. Oh, dude, recycling compost. The majority of people in Missouri burn their trash. Mm -hmm. What? In their backyard, they burn the trash. That's not good for the environment. <laughs> uh, well, see, that's the thing is, it's it's Midwest city size. <laughs> is like, it in St. Louis itself, there's probably like four streets that have large buildings. I mean, oh. nothing compared to the the level that San Francisco has. We have the height, arch. But... But yeah, but people don't live in there. And work I know. There. I know. We have Chase Park Plaza. Ooh, that's the fancy side. Since so West End. bigger toilets. Are there food portions bigger out there too? Is it like, is the food yeah, cheap? Yeah, pretty ridiculous out here. How many buffets have you counted 
since you've been there? Because every oh, that's, that's not on my radar right now. So I've been pushing that out to the side. I've been video game plundering, dude. Are you you're out at thrift stores and buying as many Nintendo 64 games as you can? Uh, I, well, I went to a couple thrift stores today. It's amazing how nice this shit is out here that they have at the thrift store. Because like, they just throw things away. It's just the land of excess. Missouri, they're like, yeah, they well, I mean, world. I take that back. I don't know that they have nicer things out here. I guess that they just have fewer people going to the thrift stores <laughs> oh. to where your chance of getting like a good deal on something are pretty high. That's good. See, that's the fun part. Did you, um, did you find your fourth controller? <laughs> Find what? Your fourth controller. No, not yet. I was looking today. Okay. Now, are you in St. Charles County or anywhere? Uh, I'm actually right on the line on the where St. Uh, Charles and St. Peter's meet. Yes. That's where it gets weird. That's the suburb, basically, of um, St. Louis. St. Louis is made up of many suburbs. How's your family yeah, doing? Yeah, like, the, uh, the, the, like, quote-unquote... St. Louis city limit is huge, man. It's got to be like a 40 miles around. Whoa. Uh, how's your How's your family doing? Your brother and your mom and everything. Everybody's good. They're good. Cool. Oh, there you go. In Delmar, uh, <laughs> nice. They're tearing up the street because they're gonna put in trolley cars. No, oh, they're going back to the. Uh, they are going back to like the uh, 19, 1904 during the World's Fair. That's what they had there. Nice. Yeah. That's dope. And I've been bitching like, are you guys fucking kidding me? That's... Why don't you guys just get Uber? That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. What are we gonna do with some shitty trolley cars? You know those things break down, right? They've been trying. They've been trying to do that for years, dude. They've been trying to get that. I think that's <laughs> kind of dope. You know, Delmar. Latoya, you remember Brown and Crouppen? Yes. The, yeah. So apparently during the Super Bowl, <laughs> uh -huh. they bought a 30-second ad oh, God. locally for during the Super Bowl. Is it a strip club? What is it? Say that it's a the law firm. The Rams was a cocksucker. <laughs> Brown and Crouppen are notorious for having these. It's a law firm in St. Louis, and they always have these just annoying commercials of this fat lawyer, Brown, and you know he's always going to give you justice. And so um, they're just one of those St. Louis staples there. And they just did something over the Super Bowl that, um, well, Steve was just, uh, say it again. Yeah, say it again. Say it it's again. Yeah, they, they, made, they spent all this money for a 30-second commercial talking about how the owner of the Rams can go fuck himself, basically. <laughs> That's awesome. People are truly uh, buttered and then about there's, that. Uh, there's also the law firm Brown & Brown. <laughs> which is memorable because there are personal injury lawyers and one of the guys is missing an eye. Yeah. <laughs> so my buddy used to have the joke, he was like, brown and brown, or as I like to call it, two guys with three eyes. <laughs> That's funny. Local but, humor. So, like, do how often do you, um, are you going to get into, like, the city itself? I mean, like, because I know you're going to be in Maryland Heights, that's where the funny bone is, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, yep. um, are you going to be probably doing anything like at Cicero's for fun or any place no, else? No, you know, I got a couple of uh, invites to uh, do some like independent shows out here and stuff like that. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of tired out on it. I want to get more in the professional level and, uh, you know, get this stuff kind of lined up material-wise that I need. But, you know, it's funny, like out here, 
their open mic, they kind of had a slow night because they only had 30 people in the audience. Oh. Uh, wow. As opposed to comics. Wow. So that the, the audiences out there are bigger. Yeah. Physically I mean, and... There's, just, there's... I mean, as far as San Francisco... I mean, San Francisco, as far as St. Louis comics goes, there's maybe about 45 people. 45 comics but, in St. Louis? That's it? Yeah, but it, it also at the same time, the scenes are split between you you basically have the white comics and the black comics like they're <laughs> the most part pretty segregated you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. there's yeah. that old segregation there's funny, there's a, <laughs> but it's like there's there's such a different vibe between doing an audience that's made up of all black people versus all white people absolutely and uh and the, you know the black audiences they they want a lot more showmanship Whereas the white audiences want more of like you know, quirky science jokes. <laughs> and uh, at the open mic, you'll get guys that come you know from like you know down off of Washington and stuff like that, and they'll come up here. But they have that stuff. So it's like, all right, it's open mic night. There's 20 guys around like the 15th comic. This guy gets up there and he's like, "All right, man, funny bone." Let me hear you make some noise. Crickets. And then everyone just looked at him. Crickets. They're like, they're like, what are you doing, man? We've been making noise for all these other guys. <laughs> we are noisy. Clap right. it up for your next comedian. <laughs> it's so but true. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of, like, going in between worlds. That's Between sad. the black and the white, they're... they're... Yeah, well, and I think it, it's mostly to do because you have young comics... So they go to a place and they can't recognize the difference in styles or in the difference in cultures. So they're just like, yeah, you know, uh, black audiences don't like me. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, you're just you're not performing in a way to where they're gonna appreciate what you're doing. Right. And yeah. their eyes, the shit you're saying is whack as fuck. <laughs> There's actually um, a place in well, it's the new like Boys Town, the new gay area of St. Louis where they actually have, like, a little bit more diversity. I remember seeing a comedy show um, when I was in St. Louis, like, four years ago. And it was... I, I forgot what area it is, but it's basically where everything's gay. And they had, like, a very nice, diverse amount of gay comments, black, white, Latino, and some lesbians. And I was really taken aback by it, because you didn't really... You don't really see that elsewhere in St. Louis, and it, no, it, all those comics got beat up and they all left. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they probably happened too, or they're laying in the river. Ooh. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. It's like, and the people out here, like in San Francisco, if you meet somebody at a show, they probably have some amount of money because they're out at an event with disposable income. Whereas, you know, out here, they might have just gotten off, you know, the tractor pull job site or something. Yep. Or the factory. And, and they're uh, going out to see comedy? I just, I find this bizarre. Because their lives are Who these are sad. audiences are. Well, dude, that's the thing. Most of the audience members at comedy shows are couples. And for the most part, it's like, the chick's like, I want to go do oh. something. And I was like, all right, where are we going? She's like, well, let's go to this comedy show. All right. Is it going to be Larry the Cable Guy? Is he going to be there? <laughs> 
but and then that's the problem is that if you do anything dirty or sexual, then you've got to you've got the lady's got to be on board because the guy's not going to laugh if he's trying to fuck this chick. Well, no, or if they're I mean, together. It's not about the audience. It's about the club owners and oh. bookers not wanting to take risks on someone who's dirty. Right. I think it, it also depends too. Like the drunker the audience gets, the dirtier you can get as well. Because we do like our alcohol. We like a beer in Missouri, beer and whiskey. So I mean that also is a factor. And plus, doesn't the Funny Bone still do like the um, the late shows as well? Yeah, the Saturday we have a midnight show. midnight show. Oh my god, yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, that's, that's when it gets hardcore. Is when you do three shows in one night. Because by the third show comes, you're on stage, and you're like, did I, did I say this joke at the first show, the second <laughs> show, or did I already say it? And, and, but you're not drinking anymore, so that's going to be a lot easier. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to handle three shows in a night, because it's, uh, by well, the I mean, third show, the I'd thing, be is It's not just three shows. It's, you're doing three half hours. Right. Wow. And that's, that's when it gets into, how do you make something that you've said twice already tonight still seem like you're excited and ready to tell it like it's the first time it's happened <laughs> that's where the acting kind of gets involved right know? and but then i guess it would be easier if you were a little drunk because you'd know your script and so you just like try not to deviate from the script but then the alcohol gives you that level of like like you could just be saying it or whatever because <laughs> you're because your brain is on on a, on speed dial or whatever I well mean, it, well they also too like at the midnight show People kind of want you to be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they want sense. to feel... Like, that's the thing is you have to figure out how to bond uh, with people. There was a great quote by Bill Hicks who was like, uh, the material what you're supposed to fall back on when the riffing's not working. And to a certain extent, I agree with that because the whole purpose of riffing is to kind of bring everyone together and make it seem like you're just hanging out because you're saying the stuff off the top of your head. But the audience feels like everything that you do is supposed to be like that. Right. So that's why you always have to be good at blending riffing versus doing material. You'll see a lot of these comics, uh, you know, they first get started and then they watch a bunch of famous people specials. And it's like, that's cool and all, but that's not going to be your level of comedy. Like, it's different when you're at a level to where you're performing and the majority of the people are there to see your show because they know who you are. And so you're just entertaining people that came to see you instead of you're going up to a group of strangers that have no idea who the fuck you are. So you have to make an impression on them that you're a likable person and they should hang out with you right. and make them laugh at the same time. So it's kind of like double duty. Just I just want them to like me. Um, how did you feel about your... 30 minutes, I mean, I felt like your 30 minutes last Friday went by really fast. Uh, I was listening to it, and I, there was a lot of pauses and roughness. I tell you what, man, I cannot perform at Mutiny Radio and not have someone walk through that goddamn door and yell something out. It's just <laughs> not possible at Mutiny Radio. It's I was, just not possible. I was trying to get, I was trying to make it professional this weekend and have people on the door and not let people do that, and it just, I, if... I have to teach people how to run the door. That's all. I mean, it's just about that door. That's should... the thing. I think everyone's just too drunk and fucked up, and nobody really gives a shit. Yeah. I was trying to make everyone it professional. That's why I got all angry on Sunday, because I was like, no one's taking this seriously anymore except me. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Every show's got to be good, not just the beginning ones. 
But yeah, and that makes me it makes me crazy with that door at mutiny. I, I really I if I have that's it's like a big problem. Jonathan says he wants to get some sticky tape that'll make it quiet, but I just say, No ins and outs, motherfuckers, watch the goddamn show. <laughs> that's what I say. But you know Yeah, I mean I think uh I mean, outside of the, I think it worked pretty good for the festival. But you know, the question is, can you maintain that outside of the festival? I'm gonna try at so Fantastics. I don't care about open do, mics. I did like the, I liked the the hour shows with the the break. Yeah. I felt like that helped out a lot as far as the amount of in and out kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of think you should keep that going. I I can't Fantastics. I don't want to give them a break because. I feel like if you give people an intermission in the same show, they won't come back. Although yeah, well, that's the thing, but trying to sit for two hours. Yeah, that's true too. Well, you know, I'll give it a thought that if we if we uh, take a break at the maybe we'll try it this week because I only have six comics on, and see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe just uh, for how, the the open mic happy hour. I'd say just keep it how it is. Let oh yeah, the people ins and outs. I don't give a fuck about. I don't. Ugh. Sweet Gail, stop calling. I don't. I don't care about ins and outs during the um, during yeah. uh, during open mics. Like I don't give a fuck. But I mean, when it's a paid show, I really prefer it to be like stay in. I, I almost think maybe with Pamtastics, for the first hour you keep it like that, and then you have like a lockdown hour to where right. you're like, all right, no one during this hour is allowed to come in and out. So handle your business during these next couple comics because after that we're locking it down. Right. Cause that's like comedy lock-in. Well, the thing how, is, that, how how was the festival? I did I saw you on the last night and then I was gone. Yeah. Um. Well, the money all I counted all the money and we made twenty five hundred dollars. So it was five hundred shy of my goal, but you know twenty five hundred dollars in five days. So that was an average of ten people per show for twenty five shows. That's better than the fucking thirty and thirty. Yeah, it's way better <laughs> than three thousand and thirty because it takes me like, I mean, I last year I had. 21 events in 30 days and it killed me but and this was just more consolidated you know um what what, what was brian plum's deal what was brian plum's deal when yeah he, he finally he finally left yesterday morning do a set? yeah he did a bunch of sets brian plum did, did every, a saw, ton of every set that i saw was him just defeated like Man, San Francisco comics aren't that funny out here, you know? It's like, <laughs> I get it, we're doing this radio station thing. It was like, did you not see him at little fella? Brain- Why are you so sad? Did you see him at Brainwash on Saturday? You weren't at the Brainwash show on Saturday. He did really uh, well at no, the Brainwash I, uh, show on Saturday. I saw it, yeah, no, I saw him Saturday night when they did the wall. Oh, no, no, he no. Got that, fucking- he got, well, that was a problem because he was wasted by, and he took shrooms. But he, he did, <laughs> the Saturday 2 o'clock show, he did really well. And there was another show that he did well. He didn't, um... I mean, he wasn't, he was no Dan Weber, but he, he, you know, he's a young comic. I understand, I mean, he's, he's trying to do like this different style. I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, but I was just glad that I didn't realize he was staying for an entire week. Oh, oh my God. Wow. He arrived early. So he came on Tuesday, last Tuesday morning. He came about like noon and then he left yesterday morning, Tuesday morning at like four in the morning to get his Bart. And you mm. have you been to my house, Latoya? I have not yet. Okay, so my house is tiny, and uh, and my cat really liked him, so it was okay. But wow, that was a long time for someone to stay with, with you. Well, I wow. I just thought it would be five days. Like Tyler and Hans were only in Jonathan's place for five days, but it was like seven. Those Oof. two extra days make and, a difference. And the other thing was, he never like 
wrote me a card or got me a little thank you gift or bought me a drink <laughs> or a bottle of wine. Bottle of wine from nothing. Boston to do that? Yeah, and because he's 23 year old kids, man, they just don't have any manners. Like he just didn't You're understand. Just lucky he didn't try to fight you. <laughs> well, I had Jonathan there, so it was fine. But he's a, he's a Boston guy. They hit women in Boston. That's <laughs> I can take a punch, Steve. It's okay. But um, yeah, I was wow. like, I was like, oh, because when I stayed with the comics uh, up in Seattle, like I did all their dishes, I cleaned their bathroom. Like they had weird black mold in their bathroom, and I was like, I'm gonna clean this for you guys, because um, you know they're 24 year olds, these young kids, they have no idea how to take care of themselves. Um, but oh, I'm I'm just I'm still not back to normal because I haven't gotten back to like my regular job schedule or my regular sleep schedule or any of that stuff. And I the was, drinking. See, I, was I talked off to the Tyler, <laughs> and he seemed cool. Hans was super quiet, and I really didn't have any interaction with him. I talked to Jamie. A little, Jamie seemed cool. Yeah, he's super cool. And then uh, I think that was really all the people that I talked to or got to know. There was Wednesday. I said a little bit too. But I like she her. Had that, that weird, like Bob Ross looking guy. That yeah, that's her, her boyfriend. Is that her boyfriend? Dan Weber is her boyfriend. Okay, yeah, I, like I, I didn't know. Like, it seemed like every time uh, I said something to her, like, "Oh, are you going up soon?" or "Are you on this show?" He was like right there giving me some fucking scraggle eyes. And I'm like, "Hey, man, I don't, I don't want to board this ship." Like, <laughs> well, it all worked out. I made a bunch of money. You know, that's. That's going to be helpful for a little while at least. But I still, I, I just feel like, ugh, I want to take a vacation, but I can't because I still have to figure out the whole new fictitious business namey thing and, and to try to figure out this gap and to try to like, I mean, I've got a show this weekend that I can't run the board for. I'm trying to get people to volunteer for that. I mean, it's like, it's just this never ending thing. And I feel like, and then two people actually, only two people asked me, they're like, oh, so you made $2,500. How much are you paying yourself? I'm like, nothing like yeah i don't how can i do that i can't this the station needs to you know stay Live. around and you know and then i start thinking about that kind of stuff like uh, when am i gonna get paid for something like someday for anything other than serving people's children you know <laughs> juice boxes like yeah. when is it gonna because this was a tremendous well, are you amount of work. Doing the festival again next year, or I don't know. Sure? I don't know at this point. I honestly don't know. I worked. Jonathan almost worked as hard as I did. Well, Jonathan worked as hard yeah. as I did during the festival itself because he worked from. He was there like I was there at four. He was there at five every day, five to close, and t doing things, taking, doing everything, and he did great. So during the festival, I feel like he worked as hard as I did, but, but. Yeah, I've, Sunday he was salty. Well, because I was because I yelled at him because he left the cash box. I didn't know who was on the door. It was supposed to be Ben Lupinetti, and then they just left the cash box there, and it had like four hundred dollars in cash what? in it, and they just left it outside in the rain. And I was like, "You guys, what the fuck?" And so I ended up yelling at Jonathan about it, and he's like, "This wasn't my fault. They put me in the back of the van, and you were all." And he's and I'm like, "Hey, I don't." All I know is that the cash box was left out, and that's not okay. And so he and Suggest and I both kind of bit into him because, I mean, I would have yelled. But then he was like, you don't yell at Poji. You don't yell at Ben Lupinetti. You don't yell at Knetzer. They were in the car, too. You don't yell at anybody. You just yell at me. And I was like, well, because I, I didn't know who was on the board. I, I mean, basically, I need a volunteer coordinator next year. I mean, I need 
people to help me next year. But this station makes yeah. me crazy because everyone who's like almost 33% of them helped. And the other 66% are they're part of this fucking bullshit at Mutiny SF. They didn't help at all. They didn't like and share. They didn't like anything on Facebook. And you know what? They get to benefit off that $2,500 and I don't get paid anything. So I, again, work my ass off for them to maintain their stupid fucking goddamn hobby. I'm so pissed at them. Uh-oh. And there's a meeting on Sunday and I'd like to tell them all of this stuff. But they won't even show up to the meeting. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, again, so I'm not trying to be like, I work harder than everybody else, but I fucking did. I worked for six months on this bullshit by myself. And I haven't gotten one goddamn email saying fucking thank you from anyone in this fucking station. Seriously. Except yeah, for well, that's Will, the, the thing is, the, the whole point of a collective is that everyone's supposed to work together, but it's just you working for everyone else. It sucks. I get really, really frustrated yeah. and angry. But like, I was... I'd, really, I'd raise the rent. That's what I'm gonna. I have to. I have no choice. Raise it. I have to raise it to a hundred. I sent him an email yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, we lost Alta as a sponsor, so um, we gotta. Something else has to happen." And um, oh, I wanted to tell you my my Jonathan story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go crazy. So, uh, at, it was at some point at Sunday. I guess you had already yelled at him because he was salted up, <laughs> and I I went outside and. Uh, I asked him something like, uh, is this show going to 10 or 11? And he was like, uh, it's going to 10 o'clock. And then who was the guy with uh, the Gilligan hat that was helping out? The, during the guy with the, the, oh, that's George. George. The light-skinned dude. Yeah, yeah. George. <laughs> George tried to say something to me, like, good set, or I really like the way you did that. And, uh, I was right underneath the overhang of the door, and Jonathan's like, don't talk at the door. And then he was like, oh, okay. And he tried to whisper, and he was like, no, no, don't, don't whisper. Just don't talk in front of the door at all. And he was like, okay. And I didn't make any moves to be like, you know, hey, tell me what you want to tell me or whatever. I just stood in this door. And he tried to do it again, and John goes, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and then I, I think it was... Kelly that was on stage and he leaned his head out the door like, you want me to shut up? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, yeah, but, poor Jonathan. He worked so, he still hasn't gotten the day off. He's been going to his job every day and working these long hours. And then last night I had a show at Haitian Democracy and he drove me there. I, I felt, I I'm t- keep telling him like, go home. I'm sorry. Like you don't have to be at all my comedy things. It's okay. And he just, his candle both ends just burning. I hope he takes tomorrow off because he can't, like he's going to make himself sick. I'm already like, I, I've turned into a crazy person yesterday. I was crying for no reason. Like all, I was just couldn't stop crying. And I was just like, ah, cause I'm just so you that tired and it takes yeah. a lot out of you. Ta- yeah. It takes, it took a lot out of me. Well, it, it, I could imagine, you know, getting the festival done is a big achievement and making sure it all runs smoothly. But then to go right back into serving the selfish, it's like, what's right. the point? I, well, exactly. That's that's the thing that that's the only thing that makes me a little bit crazy. It's the, the serving the selfish. But, but uh, I mean, the, I I don't know. I, I did it, and I can say, oh, you know, I did this festival, and like, I have this remarkable skill set that like just nobody in the world wants to pay for. Like I put on a festival by myself. I could work in an organization with actual people that were getting paid to do things and I could really 
do a lot of cool things with the support of a team in a real setting. There's got to be like a job like that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like... But <laughs> so then why are you working with all these bums? Well, I don't know You're because I don't know how to get a job. I don't even jobs? know what the job is called. Festival director? Like, <laughs> smartest, most... Uh, director of operations. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I, I had so much going on organizationally that I maintained and did. It was insane. Like, and I just... There's got to be... I. You even, it was so organized, you even had notes on people who had their gift bags and who did not have yeah, their gift bags. Yeah, I was like trying to figure out the gift bag shit that, too. Yeah. It was, that but, was crazy. And which, by the way. Yeah, but if you're going to do all that stuff, do it for something that's profitable. Right. Right. She was just being nice and I guess no one thank you for the gift bags either. Oh no, all the comedians that were on the shows, like, have all been like holy fuck they're like who this is amazing like everyone from out of town was really really sweet and said thank you and a lot of them have written me emails and facebooks and and all of that stuff and and that's all going to pay dividends for a long time i would serve those comedians any day i i wanted them the out of town comedians to be very very happy that was like my main thing I wanted comedians to hang out with other comedians, meet each other, and have a great time and get a lot of stage time. That all happened. That was great. But, like, you know, the secondary part of it is that the station needs to make this money, and it's just how do I... I know, it's just one of those things where I just feel like sometimes... I mean, I can't say nobody, because Steve was on my team. He was instrumental in helping, like, on that first day, took me to the Costco and helped out and was there and did a ton of sets and, like, hung out with people and had his van there and all this stuff and, like, was really supportive. I mean, it isn't that there was nobody on my team, and I don't want to be, like, extremist like that, but it felt like a lot of the people who should have been on my team weren't at all, like didn't and specifically told me one of them specifically told me before that they were butthurt about not getting in the festival and so they weren't going to help and it's like yeah you got to get rid of those people well you don't need those people in a collective let alone to be stressing yourself out working trying to provide them with right yeah i'm just worried that someday i mean i because obviously i'm not I don't have any kids of my own or whatever, but I mean, I take care of everybody. I t- I'm a nanny. I take care of people. I take care of comedians. I give them stage time. I do all that stuff. I'm like, does it come back? Do people start taking care of me? Like, what happens if something happens? Like, is there going to be anyone to take care of me? I don't, I don't know. I don't, like, I just don't feel like, I don't know. I feel like, let's say, let's say I got hit by a bus tomorrow and died. I don't think people at the, people at the station would be clamoring over who gets to be in charge. They wouldn't be like, Oh, this is impossible, or whatever. Like, or I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I, but I, and I don't want to say fuck this place, but kind of fuck this place. I think this is going back to the conversation we were talking about a about a month ago, when all three of us were in here, and you were talking, you were venting about the the festival yeah. and everything else, and it was after you had like some. I think you had a an incident at a show or something. Oh, yeah, and you got snubbed at too. Oh, at yes. Hysteria, when I got snubbed at Hysteria, and I got all pissed off. I'm yeah. like, I'm Pam motherfucking Benjamin! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Does anyone have any respect for me? God damn it! And old Dumbface <laughs> said something about you taking a break. Oh, right. Yeah. He's like, do the festival, and then try to take a break. You yeah. remember that old Dumbface? Yeah, Where, I was telling you to put the, <laughs> the responsibilities of the, the station on the people at the station. And you were like, I can't do that because if I do that, nothing will get done and they'll just close down. And then it's like, well, then that, if that's going to happen, 
let it happen then. Right. Well, nobody knows how to clean a toilet is the main problem. <laughs> That's not the main problem. But it's one of the things, you know, like uh, every every Wednesday, part of my job when I get here is to pick up the cigarette butts from the open improv assholes. Like it's like they can't, they can't, no matter how many times I tell them in emails, in texts, face to face. And I say, please have people throw the cigarette butts into the trash can, please. Because I'm the one who has to take my hand in the morning and put gross cigarette butts into it. I mean, it's such a small thing. And if all of them could be a little conscientious, then I don't have to fucking be grossed out, you know? But that's just Well, it's hard to think about what you need when they're just sitting around thinking about what they need all day long. What they need triggers me. I'm triggered right now, Steve. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not triggered. Um, So... What else do you have to, what, do you have any other insights of Missouri? I don't want to vent about, I'm, this, hands down though, the, the, the festival was a, a almost, almost as successful as I wanted it to be, but being said, my expectations are always way higher than anybody else's in the entire universe, so <laughs> that I didn't make that $3,000 right. goal mark, and I was only, basically it was 20 bucks a show that I didn't have to make that 500 It's really s- small, but, you know, that, that's the only, I think everything else was very, very successful other than that tiny little thing but that but it's still like it was $2,500 we didn't have. it could have been that no one was ever here you know what I mean Ooh. it could have been like nobody paid for any tickets for a show but every there were people at every single show so that's the beautiful that's, thing that's good I mean it's good enough is good enough you know what I mean right. it, 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 I, and that's just from my perspective like I didn't feel like I knocked it out of the park but someone else might see what I did and be like holy shit you knocked it out of the park so it's hard because I'm still real close to it. Maybe like in a couple months, I'll be like, mission accomplished. I, see, I'm a firm believer that with like festivals and stuff like that, you can't really judge it until like the third or fourth one because there's a process of learning how to manage that many people and all those activities that you have to go through. Right. So I, I think you did uh, outstandingly well. I think there's you know, some stuff you can change, some stuff you can you know not do, but... You know, I think for the most part, it was it was solid. Oh, sweet Gail, stop! I told her, I told her earlier, like we have a call, we have a we have an interview from St. Louis. Um, sweet Gail got kicked in the head by a horse. She's not. <laughs> she's <good>. well <laughs> kicked in the hip, man. She just had her she had her hip her, her hip redone. So oh, this Vader will be out there soon. <laughs> so this is my new this is my new idea that I'm going to take I'm going to try to take to vendors. Oh, and I'm excited for when we start going to the punchline, and I'm putting this in a certain way so that we can still do that. I'm saying, and I already talked to the guys at counter offer who are the cooks at vendors. They aren't, there aren't as many people in there on a Sunday. So I'm going to propose to the owner, Johnny, to the owners, to all of them, Liam. And, uh, and let me do, we'll do one to start, but I have to be bi-monthly. So every other Sunday, five to seven booked comedy show at vendors, dollar tacos by the counter offer guys. And they already agreed to it. Oh, Jake, nice. the guy, the chef guy, and Shane, they're like dollar tacos. So it'd be dollar tacos. And then if I can get PBR guy, Brian Whalen in to give a couple cases, you know, for the first one and have it sponsored by PBR, then they sell dollar PBRs. So it's a hundred percent profit for the bar. Right. The, the counter offers willing to do the dollar tacos and they make money off those too. And then we make it a booked show from five to seven so that comedians can still go to the punchline if they want. That's a good idea. Doesn't this sound like a good idea, Steve? It is. I'd keep the show at 90 minutes, though. Yeah. I wouldn't go any longer than 90 minutes. 5.30 to 7. 5.30 to 7. 
and uh, I I book five comics to do ten to twelve. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And dollar tacos, dollar beers, chairs out front. God damn it, sweet Gail, stop <laughs> calling. It's like the call right, waiting. Well, it's, I feel like I feel like we're in high school and like we're talking to Steve right. late night and my mom is trying to call on the other line and be Steve, like Steve late night. Yeah, late night old dumb face. But I think it Let's would just fall asleep on the phone together. <laughs> Why don't you listen to each other breathe and snore? Did you used to do that in high school? No, I, I did no. that a couple times. Yeah. I don't think it was more in middle school than high school. Wow. Well, I am I don't think there were phones back in my day, so <laughs> I don't remember. I do remember recalling doing it once. There were, there were no boyfriends back in my day, so I didn't have any cordless. Remember when you were the big baller if you had your own line? Never had my own line. Wow. I've got my own line. Wow. Call, call whenever you can. <laughs> wow. Don't call my parents' number. Call this one. I never understood phone sex. Um, I still don't understand. I don't understand. I guess, or ste- sexting. I don't get that shit I, either. What do you, you do? You jack off and sexting and all that. I don't. I don't get it. There's nothing more pleasurable than a human touch. That's, That's just. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I think. I, I guess it's just whatever you're stimulated by. I mean, I guess some people would be more auditory, and maybe some people want to read stuff and get their own imagination going or something. It's you know, it's impossible to masturbate and read a book at the same time. <laughs> The way I masturbate, at least on my tummy. It's impossible. Again, what do I do? I put my chin on the book and stare at it and try to do... I mean, what am I going to do? It's not going to work. I, you'd or you just get like an audio book or something. I don't okay, know. That, audio. There you go. Audio book. There you go. That's or, actually that's that's actually a good idea. Or you get in the doggy style position, have your book on the pillow, and you're looking face down at the book. But then how do you get behind yourself to do... or? Well, are we using an instrument or our hands? Well, I usually use my hands. I don't usually use oh, implements. instruments. Mm. Mm. Um, we we get into the weirdest conversations. Uh, but so that's <laughs> yeah. my that's my new idea to, to do at Benders, and I'm gonna propose it to to the guys. I think that's a dope idea. Because even if it's just once a month, and I sh- and I do it for a couple months, booking the comedians is easy. It's so much easier to just promote one show a month than it is to do like every week. And if it got to every week, that would be cool. But I would just want to try it as a one-off. And then see, be like, see, see how many people were in here. See how many people were buying things. Look, everybody makes money. Okay, and then start paying me. <laughs> oh, that's your I, hustle. I that's think a good the, one. the way to go is to uh, do the show, and at the end of the show, have the comics come up, and then do like a uh, an audience vote kind of thing. Not like competition style, but just like you know, hey, clap for whichever comic you like the most, and whoever they clap for the most, have that comic host the next one. So that way they know that somebody that they've liked and they've seen will be back the next time they do it, even if it's a reduced role, and you know they'll hopefully come back to see that person again and then find someone new that they get into. And then you can you know, host one, and then the next one just do a set. It's, that's a good you know idea. What I'm Does that make sense? Yeah, and the, well, the other thing about the show would be that I, I know how to set up the sound at Benders. So it's like they don't even have to, because I run their sound sometimes. So they don't... They don't have to do anything. Like I would bring them the beer for them to make the money. The counter and the kitchen. The kitchen is just opening because they used to. They killed the free burger Sunday. It is no longer no more barbecue on Sunday. Um, okay. So that's why the that's why counter offer is going to be open. And so to like drive business for them and because no, most people it hasn't been open. Anyways, that's my new that's my new scheme to try to be like. Yeah, but you you always leave yourself out of it. I mean, you have to get something out of it. Other than, yeah, she hosts a show at Bender's 
and she can book you. You, know, well, you got to make sure that you're doing your own scheduled time as just a regular comic, right? And well, not always hosting, because hosting is good for a while, but you know you hit a certain ceiling on that to where it doesn't give you any benefit. And and I'm dumb because I need to I need to ask the audience for tips on on Saturday at Brainwash from two to four. I was a little bit butthurt that there weren't any comics there because they were all audience people and it was stacked, but. I forgot to send a tip jar around and ask for money. And I gave them yeah. free PBR and I just forgot it. <sighs> I forgot, completely forgot to be like, hey, uh, we put this on for free. I'm doing this whole festival, you know, for nothing. If you guys want to donate to the station, that would be amazing. I just didn't even think of it. I just don't even think about money ever. It's just not, uh, that's why like I need like. You need someone who likes money. I just need, <laughs> a, I need a person that like, it's one of those things that who who do I team up with, you know? Because I won't team up yeah. with someone where I'm going to be doing the majority of the work. So I usually don't team up with people, but then no one's asking to team up with me. But I need a person that, like, thinks about money or something because I just, it isn't in my wheelhouse. It's economically yeah. sound. Like, and that's why you're not getting paid for nothing. Exactly, which is why I'm not getting paid for all the hard work. I'm like, when do I start getting paid? Oh, yeah. i got to learn maybe, how to Maybe myself. next year... The thing to do if you do the festival again is make like a $5 submission fee. I will never have a submission fee. That is the one See, thing I, that I, I will think... always hold to. Why is that? Because it makes me crazy when, you know, like I didn't get into Bridgetown, but I gave them 25 bucks. And what do I get? Nothing. What do they get? Money to put on a show for other people. And, and it's like, I just don't believe in taking comedians' money and... For them to be the talent. They're coming out here for the festival. They're, I'm not paying for their ticket. They're not getting paid. All they get is a gift bag and stage time. And I will not charge them. I won't do it. I just, I won't. Because I've been yeah, so I think butthurt. You should because for a couple of reasons. One, you have to sit down and watch all these fucking tapes. I know, and when you're not getting paid, it's easy to get into the, all right, I've seen 30 seconds. Next. Right. So for one, you gotta you gotta make some money for the people that actually have to sit down and watch the videos. And for two, it keeps people a little more honest. You know, like if there's no submission, then anybody'll just send anybody in and you get like weird shit. But I did get a lot of weird shit. If you charge five dollars, <laughs> then some people are like, Oh, well maybe I'm not ready for this or I can't do that. I mean obviously if somebody hit at you up and was like, Hey, I really want to enter this thing, I just don't have the five dollars. Well five dollars you know, is I think nothing you can skirt too. around that. But that would make up that you know, five hundred dollars difference. That five dollars does add up with compared to like we watched like a month of stuff, and we then on, and on your personal time, you—that's all you watched. Right, absolutely, for like a whole month yeah. or a couple weeks at least. Yeah. Yeah, so, and and plus, I mean, that's crazy too because if I watched like two hundred submission videos all told with both in and out of town, and that's a thousand dollars with five dollar exactly. entrance. I mean, and and five five twenty would be way too high five dollars yeah. seems like the perfect amount because they're doing something you know they're putting their faith into it they're helping support it right uh, and at the same time it's not gonna you know break your back absolutely right yeah okay steve i'll I will, I will put it into consideration i'm thinking that if we have an issue with the station financially in june instead of doing the 3030 i'm gonna call it like tax month for comedians and i'm just gonna charge a dollar a minute for every for all my all my all the stage time that I give out for free every year, I'm just gonna charge them, and be do, dollar a minute everybody. Yeah. Uh, for for all my open mics, I don't not for 
not for my showcase because I'm getting paid at the door and I'll just be like, Hey, you're on this and you need to bring people here. <laughs> but, um, for my two open mics, I'll just charge people and be like joke workshop. Is it worth it to you? Dollar a minute, eight bucks. All we're asking. That's not, yeah. that's not bad. But just for I, what, I that think one you month. should, uh, work out a system with, uh, your door <laughs> to where if the, if like a comic is on the door one night, then, you know, the next time they want to sign up, maybe they can pick where they go up. Oh, I already do that with Con- Connor Doherty. That's our oh, deal. Okay. Yeah, he gets, he because he runs my door, he gets free, he gets pre-signed privileges on every list that I run. Even even at like Brainwash, I'll give him, if I'm running a show, I'll be like, yeah, man, I got Connor. I'll hand him the list first. Because he, he works Who's for that, me. Who's that stinky bearded guy that's always in there on Fridays? Stinky bearded guy who's always oh god that's James Conrad. He doesn't do comedy. He just yells out at every comic set. He sits on his laptop the whole time the show's going yeah. on. Oh, the guy with the He's glasses asking the everybody for everything. For everything, he yeah. Needs something. He wants he festival compliments. joints. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's his name is James Conrad. He is um, a writer who. Um, just finished a book called Quarter. No, he's just a homeless guy. He's he is homeless. <laughs> he is. He, I think he is homeless. I see him a lot in the library when I'm there with the kids in the morning. I see him a lot. Um, but he, he is, you know, he writes stories and he's working hard at his craft. He's trying to, to do that. Um, Good. Well, tell him he can work on his craft when he's not interrupting someone else's craft <laughs> and just right. brush that little toad off to the side. I've tried to, you know, it's just, I don't, I'm not good at, I'm not. I'm not good at being mean to people even when, like, I'm not good at being mean to people in front of their face. Like, I can talk mad shit behind their back. You're protecting the integrity of something you worked so hard to build. Yeah. There's a difference. Because it's one thing, if he was just sitting there trying to get out of the cold or whatever, that's fine. But he's on his laptop, he's trying to get shit from everyone. And then he's yelling out at comics during the I thought set. he had Tourette's. I, I he honestly, I, he sounds like he has Tourette's. I don't mind if he stays for happy hour. It just It's a little annoying. But um, I definitely don't want him there for Pamtastics. So that means I just need to get my door guy on it and have him say, it's five bucks, man. And have Connor just do it and say, if you don't have the five bucks, it's free for comics, but you're not a comic. So hit the road, Jack. I, I think what you do is the next time that guy's around, you go, look, man. Your laptop doesn't come out during my show. You don't yell out at any of my comics, and you don't ask anybody for anything because I've been getting complaints about you doing all three of those things. Okay, that's fair enough. That's yeah, fair and then enough. the next that's time he yells out, I'll go, hey, Stinky, one more, and you're fucking out of here, dude. You can go suck water out of the gutter for all the day. You're like, you mean shit to me. Hey, Stinky. It's so weird, like, watching him yell at people while he's on the laptop. It really... Seems slightly deranged. Well, and I mean, I could, he's, oh, I don't, I just, I'm too nice. That's the problem is like, I love That's all these. That's why you get walked on. I love these wounded nice. birds. I know. It's this weird dichotomy and it's all Jesus's fault because in the <laughs> Bible, it says that when, that you, you are to serve, you, you are to be a servant of men and women, even though they just say men, but um, a servant of all like Jesus, that's what you're supposed to do. And the harder you serve, the, the more rewards you get in heaven. And it's still like they brainwashed me at such a young age to always, to the way that you love someone is to put their needs before your own. Like that's what I was taught. And so I've always, and I, and I have a 
perfection complex. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And so, you know, trying to live up to Jesus's standards is very difficult. And I, and I try to maintain it, but I've never figured out how to lower my personal standards for myself and be like, Hey, you know what? You don't have to do that much. You don't have to work that hard. You don't have to do everything for everybody. You don't, it's not, you don't have to do that. And I just, it's, I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't like, I don't know. I have to, I think it's about lowering my, but then, then I feel like a failure. I feel like if I change my, if I change my standards, then I failed by not living up to the standards that I truly want to keep. Yeah. So it's like you're not this changing weird... your standards. You're adapting them to be the most efficient and effective for whatever situation you're in. And plus, and... It, it like as a comic, for one, if I'm an audience member and I gotta pay for a ticket price and I go in there. And then fucking Hobo Willie's on his computer and yelling shit out at the people I paid to see. I'm like, I'm never coming back to this thing again. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and as a, as a comic, if I go somewhere and the guy's doing some shit like that, I'm like, I'm never coming back here again. Right. But you're, uh, you're my friend, so now I'm just asking permission to fucking yell at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you have permission to fucking yell at that I guy. I think you should. You can do whatever you want, Steve. You don't have to, have to ask my permission, but yeah, I, I yell at that guy. I think you need to put Journey Roberts on the bouncer role. Because she's not taking shit from she doesn't She fights cops. She's got a dog. Yeah, she doesn't take <laughs> shit from anybody. That's absolutely true. She's told me, she's kept it real with me a couple times. Like, when she first showed up on the scene, she pulled me aside and she was like, um, Pam, complaining that people don't book you doesn't make them want to book you. Words of and I was okay. like, whoa. And she's like, just write a nice email and ask to be booked. And I was like, but I don't do that. I don't ask to be booked because that means the people didn't think about me. And that way, they, that means they don't really want me on the show. And she was like, you're an insane person. Stop thinking <laughs> yeah. that way because that's you not want true. To run around and think about you? What, yeah. what, what <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I just, but it, I think because it pisses, it pisses me off a little bit when people who I don't think are ready to be on a, showcase of mine ask me to be on a show like I'll talk shit for a second Hector Hernandez every time I see him he asks to be on the show and I just need to say to him you're not funny enough but I don't want to say that I I hear the dogs in the background I hear the the dogs are barking are you okay someone's getting eaten by a dog is it the popo that's the thing you know I told you that there's no fences in Missouri they're Uh just roaming around people have underground fences but at the same time, it's like, you know, when there's a muscular Doberman pincher <laughs> running at you, you can't be like, oh, I, I hope they have an electrical fence. Wow. Psych. And this is, this is a good puppy he protects. Oh, so you, this is your mom's dog? Where are you? No, no, no. I, I'm at my mom's house right now. This is a next-door neighbor dog. Oh, okay. Just rock, dogs running around willy-nilly. Got, you got any yeah. cats to keep you company? I got one cat here, but he's a grouchy little bitch. He doesn't like to get <laughs> snuggled or nothing. He's just an old frump. Just play with the dog, then. Fuck the cat. Fuck the cats. So he Fuck ends up kind of screeching at me, and I'm and I, you know, keep persisting because I'm like I'm gonna wear him down. <laughs> it's only been and two days. My, my mom's yelling at me for torturing the cat. Are Are you coming into condoms on this particular trip, or are you? Um... <laughs> no, no, those uh. Those stayed for the lazy brunch. I didn't bring them with me this time. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Nice. Um, well, we're going to, what, what, do you have any closing things that we've gone through? A, a lot of stuff. Do you have any words of wisdom for our, our listening audience? Uh, no, no words of wisdom. 
<laughs> Sweet. Just uh, don't don't work really hard for people that don't give a shit or don't repay you back. Right. That's personal mm-hmm. advice. Uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta get rid of the scumbag. It's like a it's like a marijuana plant. <laughs> you know, as the plant grows, you clip off the lowest branches because they suck the life out of the plant. Right. So you gotta you gotta trim your branches. You gotta trim trim up. Right. Not just you, but everybody everybody in life. Right. Yeah, no, it's really it's really excellent advice. I understand the metaphor. Um and I know that you're not telling me to, to, to trim my bush because it's <laughs> gotta get that yeah. low low those low hanging uh yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um you gotta clip it to make it grow and be a happy and healthy little comic comedian plant. So when do you yeah. when do you come back? I'm back uh, the 21st. I come. Oh, okay. And I have your friend's show and your friend too. Yeah. On Monday the 14th from six to eight. Yep. Oh, Christian. Christian. Yep. Small world. Yeah, he's doing history schmistery. Yeah, history schmistery. So you guys, if you're listening, and you you should come next Monday at six o'clock. History schmistery here at the station. We're gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a little different than joke workshop, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna tell all the people from joke workshop like. I'm going to somehow bribe them into coming. Or maybe I'll lie. Ooh, this will be fun. I'll lie to them online. Do and tell them that there's a joke workshop. And there then you they'll go. come and I'll say, I lied. Stay for the show. I I'll like buy them a beer. I'll give them a beer. Say April I'll give Fools. them a PBR. <laughs> April Fools. April, April Fools. Fools early. April Fools. Sit in the goddamn seat and watch the fucking show. There you go. <laughs> Here's a beer. Here's did a beer. You, uh, Shut the fuck you, up. Did you, did you smoke all the festival joints or were there any remaining? No, you smoked all the festival joints. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't smoke them. I kept, I, kept, uh, I kept ending up with them and then giving them back to Jonathan. <laughs> we, smoked, we smoked them all, yeah, on Sunday. Uh, that we oh, had, they did go? Well, we, we went to Bender's after and... Um, Mikey of Subliminal SF, one of our sponsors, he was there doing the door or whatever, and we gave him a festival joint. And I think we smoked the last one with all of us. It was fun. It was a fun that p- party at Bender's on Sunday was was really fun. We closed, we closed the place out. We were there till like two and took a cab home, and and that Brian Plum didn't even pay for that. God damn! I know. He didn't I even know. pay for the cab. No, I know. And these young kids, they just don't understand. They just don't understand. He took your bed, yo. And well, he, he took he took Poji's bed. Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Uh, no. Uh, no. And then he whined about how San Francisco wasn't treating him that good. Well, he told, that was the uh, thing. I saw him Saturday at that Wall Show when he bombed his ass off. He bombed, yeah, I heard. About and then that. he did the same bombing shit on Sunday. And I was like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Yeah. Well, I think maybe he got tired too, or it was all that. I don't know. He's 23. He 23. ain't that tired. That's true too. But I mean, it's got to be yeah. hard to be 23 and be alone and home and no, far fuck away. that. You're 23. Okay. No benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he could. Right. I just, I just hope if I ever have a, I'm never having a son, but it, I would tra- have, train him to have much better manners. Yeah, pay for the fucking cab and give me a bottle of wine and say thank you. Yeah, well, he said thank you. He said thank you a lot. He was like, this has been really amazing. I can't believe all of this, and this has been. I've never, you know, been treated so well at, well, at, a, at a festival. Well, give me a fucking time. candy bar or something. Shit. I do right. have candy. Uh, at least kick out that stinky guy from a Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you what do you call it now, dumb face? Stinky. That's what we call it. Stinky, guy. stinky. His name. <laughs> All right, stink face. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. So, uh, I'll see you guys later. I'll let you know how the show went. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, text me. Good luck, good luck. You're gonna kill. Have some emos. Minutes. Okay, love you bye. Right, I will. Bye. Old dumb face. Dumb face. Right. Old Old Dumb Face. Here, let's see who's on the phone now. Jesus Christ. Marion Joseph. 
somebody special's on the phone. We might get to listen to them. Well, you're listening? Okay, wait, you gotta say this online. We, we say this uh, live. From we, have a call. we have a caller. We have a caller from Missouri. Oh, uh, Introduce yourself, caller. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that you have a caller from Missouri? It is amazing. Was, we were listening to your, uh, somebody, a friend of mine who lives in California, tipped me on to your show. I think their band uh, was interviewed by you guys, Soy Sauce. Uh, collective or something like that. I I Silver Saw Collective. It sounds like a cool band. Yeah. I don't soy, uh, soy sauce. Soy, soy sauce. sauce Collective. That sounds rad. That sounds tasty. Uh, well, thanks for calling into the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yeah. And you're you're from Missouri and you have gold teeth. <laughs> well, somebody. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. I'm here in St. Louis right now. I heard the other, whoever that was that was talking, you guys were interviewing, right? We, Steve, Steve Pogey. He's going to be tonight at the Funny Bone headlining. You should go see him. In St. Louis. In, in St. Yeah, Louis, in yeah. In Maryland Heights. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I mean, I was listening. we were listening to the interview, and he was talking about uh, going over to East St. Louis and and uh, uh, whatever events he, or whatever things he does over here. or Pawn shops, yeah. He's had, or some of the people he's met. And uh, I just thought I'd call up and tell you that. Uh, and he said he said something about uh, going over to East St. Louis and eat some guy with gold teeth. And I thought I'd just call up and make a joke about that. <laughs> Rad. That's so awesome. you should see him tonight. I guess the tickets are only a dollar. That's to a go, steal. To go see him. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Really? Why not? He's really funny. He didn't do any jokes. He was just talking. That's just well, how he is. Come out here. Well, I'm a, I'm afraid of the Midwest. Don't hey, be afraid of the Midwest. I'm t- we girl. are lovely, colorful, different types of people. It's uh, really fun. I, I've never. I barely leave California, so it's so scary to me. Uh, who's who was on there that was is from St. Louis? I am. I am oh. from St. Louis. That's uh, Latoya, the sheriff of the truth. truth. Win. She's uh, my co-host. Yes. And uh, Steve Poggi is originally from St. Louis as well. So the, both of them have that connection. Yeah, we have the St. Louis, the Missouri, Missouri connection, as I say. Well, I'm in, I'm in Maplewood. Are you familiar with Maplewood? I am familiar with Maplewood, yes, the suburb. Right down here, the hood. Yes, yeah, they Maple call it the hood. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right on, my a karaoke, store is right on Manchester. There is a karaoke bar I used to go to in Maplewood. I don't recall the name because um, it was a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, I used to hang out in Maplewood, you know, different. The carry, well, they used um it was right on the corner of Sutton and Manchester. That sounds about right. And I've yeah, had many well, blacked out nights. <laughs> it, it closed and there's been a couple other places and now it's a piano, like a piano, dueling piano bar. Oh, that's kind of dope. So what, what, s- how long has it been since you've been in St. Louis? It's been about four years. Oh, well, things have changed quite a bit. I know. Here. I mean, uh, <laughs> on Maplewood and in the city, things have changed. They've, uh, there's a lot of construction and... Oh, is there, know, are there jobs? Are there more jobs there now? Oh, I don't know. It's just like any other place. <laughs> People are always looking for work, and whatever the the, the situation was with the, with the economy, things are always uh, changing. And uh, if you got uh, you know if you got the uh, the uh, the paper and uh, the schooling, then you possibly could get a job. But I know there are people, but, you know, there are always a lot of people looking for work. Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm just talking in generalities here. Uh, and you said you, you, you have know, a shop. people out of work, and I don't know. I get this. I see people coming through, the, through here who need jobs, and so they 
get loans on their stuff to try and make it to their uh, unemployment check comes in and whatever. So you run a pawn uh, shop. That's just life, you know. But you, I was in that same situation before. Yeah. John, you run a pawn shop. I do. That's so That's, cool. Oh, so you get this. I own one. What's you own a pawn shop? Okay, what's the weirdest thing someone's brought in to try to get money for? Like the, the weirdest. The ultimate weirdest thing. People always ask me that question. The ultimate <laughs> weirdest thing. Uh, <clears throat> this guy, I guess he was trying to sell it. Okay, my store is a little unique because we have a it's a the pawn shop slash slash museum. Oh, I have nice. a bunch of I, I I'm a musician myself, and uh, you know I I like musical uh, stringed instruments. So I've got a lot of uh, ukuleles. I probably got about. 30 or 40 uh, ukuleles hanging from the ceiling, a bunch of other collectible things I've picked up over the years, a bunch of microphones, and, oh, you know, we have what we call the uh, Maplewood Pond String Instrument Museum. Right. So anyway, nice. there's a bunch of other musical-related things up there on the shelves, and I've got, like, 35 snare drums here and a bunch of other crap. You can look online, maplewoodpawn.com. Maplewoodpawn.com, right on. um, What was I going to say? Okay, this guy one day, you know, see, this this has, I'm telling you all this stuff because he he sees like a bunch of collectibles here and all this. He came in one day and tried to sell me a cigarette butt. (laughs) (laughs) Was it like a cigarette butt from someone famous? Like it was an Elvis cigarette butt or something? (laughs) Well, I don't know. He, He didn't know anything about it. You ever see those Turkish cigarettes that have writing on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I know what you're talking I about. I guess he thought it was something unusual because it had, because <sighs> it, it had that uh, the Sanskrit or script or whatever that uh, writing is, yeah. Turkish writing on it. Wow. And he he thought it was some kind of crazy signature of somebody, and some famous person put that on there. And he, I mean, it was a half smoked cigarette. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. You're like, he wanted to sell it to me. Was he high? I don't know. Is that when you just give him a quarter and say, "Hey, I just bought that from you for a quarter. Thank you." Well, I I didn't I didn't give him anything. You just said, "Get out of here." I I did take a picture of it just. (laughs) That's hysterical. Uh, Yeah, it was amazing. What are the other? I believe this guy was actually totally serious. And wanting me to give him money for a cigarette butt. That's hilarious. I, um, I am um, I am addicted to a little show called Intervention, and they did one on a woman who was a compulsive gambler, and yeah. she brought her ring, she brought her wedding ring in to be pawned, like uh-huh. every week, and she'd get the cash, and then her husband would go and get it out and give it back to her, and she just, and it was like, why don't you just ask your husband for the money to gamble, <laughs> like, Aww. because every week she'd take her ring, do you, do you, is, you, is that common, jewelry is a really common thing at the pond, like the, the weirdest is a cigarette bottle, what's the most, most common thing that people try to pawn? Well, I mean, the jewelry is the most, the common thing yeah. that we we take and we're the thing we're, the, we're mostly interested in just because it, I, if they leave it here, I have an immediate way to get rid of it and get my money back right. and make money on it. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I tell you what, over the years, pawning and the whole thing of pawning has really changed considerably because of all the, uh, you know, when I started in the business about 15 years ago, we used to take a lot of different things. These days, we don't take as many things as we used to take because everything's changing. All the Chinese stuff that's come through, coming into the country, uh, the recession uh, is really uh, 
you know, uh, people just don't have a lot of money, right. and they're yep. not spending a lot of money. I know the the, the money's coming. The the the, uh, the the economy's coming back, but uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of things like electronics. Sure, yeah. they're hard to sell. Right. I don't really have a way to get rid of them unless I sell them to somebody right. or donate them and have to write them off. I was just going to ask. And everybody you. wants what's hot and new and tools. You know, another sore point in my existence because uh, we used to take tools and we just couldn't sell them because you know there's uh, they come in uh, with mysterious little uh, things wrong with them that right, I can't right. really determine until we uh, try and sell them and and uh, and and, uh, and you know there's just so many cheap places to buy tools now from right. you know China. And uh, like Harbor Freight, and uh, a lot of the pawn shops didn't stop taking tools, and so they're now loaded with them. And so if somebody wants a tool, or they can they can just go to Harbor Freight or go to some pawn shop and find one really cheap. And what the deal is, people get loans on things, they leave it here for you know whatever three or four months. They they got the money, and they when they go to pick it up, they have to pay me back the money they borrowed plus whatever months they've accrued. Right, and uh, then they. You know, they think about it. Why should I pay that guy all that money when I can just go get a brand new tool for less money than to wow, pay that's... him for all that stuff? You know, right? right. Do you still get VCRs? So <laughs> we just don't take them. Yeah, no, just don't take <laughs> that them. and a lot of electronics and just we just it's just getting very limited. Yeah, like kitchen appliances, uh, probably the not. Kind of things we yeah. can take and try and make some money off of it. Right. And do you ever, do people ever try to, do you get to hear their stories where they're like, please take it, this is why I need it? Do they do, do they give you the old oh, sob story? people come, not all the time. You know, there's a lot of misinformation about what's going on at pawn shops. But, you know, it's, you know, and, and there's a lot of stereotype. Uh, yeah, because uh, of the. Stereotypical, like, uh, things that people imagine happening or they read it in a book or heard about it from a friend and it gets construed and and they've seen it in movies of many stars. years ago yeah. you know it's yeah i get to know the people my customers are come in we've had customers who come in here for years and uh oh i don't know it's just you know it's just another job is this a job and we we're here to make some money and uh, that's the way it is. If you want to use our services, you can do it. If you don't, you can go someplace else, or you can figure out another way to get, you know, $50. Right, right. There's a lot of pawn stores in San Francisco here in SF, uh, in this neighborhood, yeah. too, on Mission Street. There's a lot. That's where everybody goes instruments. I had a friend who just, he wanted to learn how to play the trumpet. So he's uh-huh. like, let's go to a pawn store. I'm going to get a trumpet. And he got a trumpet well, for yeah. like 125 bucks and learned how to play. Sure. Yeah. So good, but it's well. That's one sad. way. I mean, instruments have always been one of the mainstays, mainstays of what uh, pawn shops sell. Yeah, gold and I mean jewelry and and uh, musical instruments. Uh, oh, I don't know what else. Tools, oh, I guess. And um, but you know uh, what was I going to say? Something about oh, and back in the old days, you know, we're talking about in the. 20s and 30s, they used to take clothing too. Guys, oh, wow. people would pawn their shoes and their suits and um, <laughs> and guns, you know. But we don't take guns here either. Oh, oh. why is that? Uh, I mean, I could take guns if I wanted to, but it's just uh, I have to get a special license and right, I just yeah. don't. Um, 
uh, know enough about guns to deal with them. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing is uh, once you start taking guns, it starts attracting uh, mm-hmm. gun owners, right. which yeah. I don't really have a problem with. And uh, as long as uh, they don't try to shoot me. Right, exactly. <laughs> Wise words yeah. from John, the, the pawn. And um, you're, again, give us your website for our listeners. It's Maplewood Pawn at um, uh, maplewoodpawn.com. Maplewoodpawn.com. Thanks for so much for calling thank in. We've, we've got to end the show right sure. now. But And thank you for playing uh, There's a Pawn Shop on the Corner. In, uh, what is that? Um, you played it. Um, uh, Pennsylvania. I have no idea. You just played the song. We did. No, we did. Are you? I think you accidentally called a different radio no. station. I have no idea. We've uh, we've been playing uh, this. Oh, that. But it wasn't. What were you just playing? Some uh, blues records or something? No, 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 no. This is Mutiny Radio FM. This is a podcast in San Francisco. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. No, thanks for being on <laughs> no. it, man. Uh, t- tune in again. We like our S- STL people. Yeah. Hells to the yeah. Go see Steve Poggi tonight at the Funny Bone. Thanks so much for calling in, John. Bye, John. Bye. That's that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That was cry cry. Yeah. So we had a call in from St. Louis, Missouri. What the fuck is see, happening? This is why you need to go to St. Louis. Hey, that's great. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, you guys should stay tuned up next. Uh, Yehudit Steinberg is not here for Think, Grow, Love, but we're going to play one of her old episodes and, uh, you know, do some meditation and all that kind of stuff. This has been the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. The St. Louis edition. The St. Louis edition. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, with Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win a call in from old dumbface Steve Poggi headlining the funny bone tonight in uh, St. Louis. We're really excited for him uh, to, you know, when when C becomes famous, hopefully he'll take me with him. <laughs> I mean, like to open for him, you know, not like not to do not, the door. I'm not like running, not to do the door, not to do the door. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I would. Hopefully, Jonathan and I don't have to run away to Peru. But uh, you know, if you stick around, it's good stuff. So this has been the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm, uh, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals. For at least for the rest of this month, it might not be after this month. We'll see. <laughs> I never mentioned your beautiful nails. Oh. Those are so cool today. They oh, look thanks, evil. Dude. They look evil in a really snappy way. I'm feeling sinister. They look. They're great. They're green. She's like the snake lady. Um, before before I close it out, I'm going to tell you one last little thing. I had a dream last night that uh, there were a bunch of kids, and my mom had given them all guns, oh, and they were shooting birds on this hill. And then she told me, hey, go get feathers and sprinkle them where, because make sure that they feel like they hit these birds, even if they didn't. Right. So sprinkle the feathers where the birds were, or whatever, so the kids... And so I went off on this thing, I'm like... Why, why would we tell them they're doing something good when they sucked at it? They didn't kill the bird. We shouldn't sprinkle feathers. Why, how is this? And I had to look for my sister-in-law who has two kids. I was like, tell me how this is good parenting. That you, (laughs) that you, when someone does something that isn't good enough, you tell them they did a great job. That's not good parenting. And I'm like running around and it's because, it was the weirdest and at one point my grandma was in the dream and I looked and I'm like I haven't thought my, my grandma was in the dream I'm like what the fuck is going on why are there kids sh- shooting things why are there kids shooting birds like, like 20 kids with guns shooting and there's like 
no, there's no protection, no safety, and I'm supposed to go around and sprinkle bird feathers so they think that they killed things. This is weird, right? <sighs> that is with my fa- with my that, and my family dynamics the way they are. That what, that is, is, what does that mean? Don't have kids. Somehow. Said, said like a professional. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us here today on the AltaCast. Bye-bye. Bye. Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast got it. Can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. 
Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need. And live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go! 